Matthew in chapter number 8. This is an interesting story to me, and uh, studying it out and looking at it, there's, there's another story told in Luke 7 and verses 1 through 10. It's kind of, again, it's one of those, we've been studying the miracles of Jesus, so Luke kind of tells uh, just about the same story, so we won't go into that, into Luke, but just, uh, I want to give you just a, uh, one central thought tonight. Um, from this text, I just, I just want us to really grab a hold of this, um, just this thought of this centurion servant. Um, Jesus heals him, and if you've got your Bibles open to Matthew chapter eight, let's go ahead and read verses five all the way down to verse thirteen is where the end of it that is, and uh, we'll just jump in there and just kind of give you a couple of thoughts tonight, but. Matthew 5, Matthew 5, Matthew 8, verse 5. Bible says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servants, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel, And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus saith unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self same hour. So, and again, we've talked about the sick of the palsy a couple of different times going through the miracles of Jesus. So we understand that uh, the palsy is being someone who is, uh, someone who's lame, if you will, someone who is, someone who is uh, uh, physically unable to go anywhere, physically Paralyzed, my mind was blank on that word. But um, so we understand who he was. We understand Jesus was in Capernaum. Uh, we understand that this man. Uh, there's a couple things in the introduction. Just so we see, is we see uh, uh, the sickness, if you will, the sickness of this man was he was sick of the palsy. We see this this the stature of this man. The stature of this man. He was he was a centurion. Uh, not only that, but he was also a leader among men. The Bible says in verse number nine that he says, I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I'd say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another come, and come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. So we understand that he was a man of stature, if you will, that he had, he had men under him. So he had, not only did he have men that, that did what he told him to do, and, uh, but he also had soldiers under him that did what he told him to do, but he also had servants that, that did what he was told, what they, what they were told to do. And uh, sometimes, uh, especially in a lead position, uh, you take, for instance, the lead position out of work. 
I mean, you want, you want your people that are under you to do what you've been telling them to do. Man, I've been telling you to do that a certain way. And I remember being assistant manager at a grocery store and trying to get people to do what you've been telling them to do is sometimes a little more difficult than just say, hey, go and he doeth. That's not always the fact when it comes to the lead position. But this man, the centurion, he was, a, he was a man of stature. He was a man that led these folks. He was a man that, that when he said something, it was, it was go, and he goeth, and come, and he cometh. But, but so he comes to Jesus. He, he comes to him. So we see, the, we see this, this place. We see the sick. We see the stature of this man. But we also, we also see the saying of the Lord, or the saying he says, Lord, my servant is sick. And so if you was to go through this and, you're, and as you make your way look at, looking at this text, and, and uh, anytime the Lord answers our prayer, we praise God for. All right? I mean, I, ultimately, I want, I want all my prayers answered. Don't you? And I, 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 I don't just pray to hear myself talk. Right? You know, and I really, honestly, there's some things that I've had to learn uh, growing up and, and uh, things that I've learned being in church and things like that. You know, truly, when you pray in church, uh, you know, you're praying out loud, what are you praying for? Sometimes, honestly, sometimes you pray just to be heard. Not of God, but just to be heard by man. Well, man, man, did you hear him pray? Man, he sounded good. Maybe I'm the only one that's ever done that or thought that. Maybe I'm wicked heathen. I am, I guess, maybe. But truly, you know, I mean, really, I mean, if you're getting called on to pray, man, you're like, man, I better have it polished and ready to go, man. Right? I better sound good. But truly, when we're praying, we're not praying to get somebody else's attention and you know, you ever heard somebody pray and you really felt like, man, that guy touched heaven? Yeah? Yeah? And then you heard that one guy pray and you're like, man, does that guy ever pray? Huh? Am I, am I alone on that? No. But the reason that guy that you've heard pray and you really felt like he got a hold of God was not because of his public prayer life, but because of his private prayer life. So when this servant, he came to the Lord, it wasn't something that he hadn't done in the past. It wasn't something that he, he'd never done before. This was something that he had done and he had practiced. Maybe in his mind, he played it out. Okay, well, when I go and I'm going to go talk to the Lord, I'm going to say, Lord, help me. My servant is, is sick of the palsy and I need some help. And you, you, you play those things through your mind and you pray and you have a, maybe you have a prayer list. Maybe you have a list that you go through and you pray for those that are sick and you have a list for those that need to get saved and you have a list of those that are on your heart and on your mind and you have a list for people in the church that have unspoken requests and then you have a list for church folks that are hurting and church folks that are going through difficult things. And man, I don't know what your list looks like, but you ought to have a list, something that you're praying over. And you've got this thing and you're going over it. This, this man, the centurion, he, we don't even get a name for him. He's just the centurion. 
But this man, he comes and he prays and he lays it out and he says a saying before the Lord. His saying is his prayer. Lord, hey, my servant is sick. Would you please heal him? And well, Jesus, look, I love Jesus' response to his saying, Jesus' response to his prayer. Immediately, Jesus answered him and said, okay, I'll go. I'll come and I'll heal him. Boy, that's an immediate response. You know, like I know, that that's not how all prayer works, right? <laughs> Pray today, get an answer tomorrow. That's, that's not how it always works. But sometimes prayer is, that's how it works. You pray and God answers. But Jesus' response to the saying was, okay, I'll go. I'll go. And then the centurion says, man, his, he looks at himself. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. Wow. What humility. Sin. What you, sir? Sin. Yeah. He knows he's got. He's a sinful man. Yeah. Jesus is a pure man. Jesus pure. was. He, he's Jesus was righteous. Right. Jesus was a holy man. But honestly, bro, Alfred, I see a humility in this thing. That he says, "Man, I don't want you to come to my house. Mm -hmm. I'm not worthy that you'd come to my house." That's right. You remember um, in the New Testament, the Bible says that. Um, it talks about latching the shoes of Jesus. I'm not even worthy to put Jesus' shoes on. You know, this centurion says, man, I'm not even worthy for you to come to my house. You know, think about, think about for just a second, if you had a dignitary or you had the president of the United States want to come to your house. I mean, I, mean, I know the situation it is the way that it is now, but I mean, don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at that. But it, it, truly, if you had someone like in that position Hey, say, hey, I want to have come supper with you. Oh, man, I don't want to meet at my house. Let's meet, let's meet somewhere else. You know? And what, what, this, what Jesus was speaking to the centurion, he said, let's, oh, I'll come to your house and I'll heal him. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't come to my house. You can't come to my house, man. I, I, it's not worth, I'm not worthy for you to come there. He said, I know that I'm in charge of some folks and, and I say to my servant, go and he goes. And I say to those people to go, the soldiers, man, they do what I tell them to do. My servants tell them, do what I tell them to do. But I, I am not worthy for you to come to my house. I see the humility of this man. Okay, so Jesus said, well, okay, then I won't come to your house. But then, I, so I know a lot of this is going to be introduction and that end point is just going to be the very end of this message, if you will. But so, so he goes and he says, okay, well, I'm not going to go to your house. I, I won't do it. But I find this, I find this interesting. Uh, and Jesus said in verse number 13, and Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. So the very self-same hour that he believed, his servant was healed. So that servant of the centurion was healed the moment that centurion believed. Because of the belief of the centurion, not because of the belief of the servant, and not because of the belief of those in his house, but simply because of the belief of the centurion. Jesus didn't even have to go to the house for him to be healed. What power, 
What, does it not speak of the power of the Holy Spirit of God? Or does it not speak of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ? He didn't even have to go to the house for someone to be healed. So we see all these things about this centurion and how, how he speaks to the Lord and how God answers him and, and how God works in this situation. But now to the message, if you will, look in verse number 10. Look in verse number 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith no, not in Israel. What? What did Jesus just say? He said, hey, centurion, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. How's that possible? How is that possible that this centurion who was just, uh, just an average Joe... The Bible doesn't give us his name, but he had more faith than Jesus' mama? He had more faith than James and John and Peter? Yeah. That's right. There's not been so great faith, no, not in Israel. How the faith? That's my question. I, I don't know that I can give you that answer tonight, but my question is to you, how the faith? How did that centurion have the faith like that? You see, with this, this, all of this taking place, he was, he, he was a, a man of humility, but he was a man of strength. He was a man of, uh, 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 you know, he was a, a, in charge of folks, so he had people under him. And so, I mean, all of these things are looking at this, and we're looking at this man who the Scripture doesn't even give a name to, and yet Jesus tells us that his faith is greater than everyone in Israel. How's that possible? He's used to people obeying him and, and, and he just says a word it's done and he, he thought the same thing with Jesus he saw him I heard about him saw him healing people and he he said all I got to do is say the word it's done and he had the faith because he had, he had practiced doing it himself telling his soldiers and everybody what to do and they did it and yeah. he knew Jesus had the power to do it Right. and he knew he had the power to tell those men but Jesus had the fire to heal too. Right. And he had the faith that I don't need, I, you don't need to come out. Right. You say the word. I mean, and, and you think about that for just a moment. If I'm, look, honestly, if I'm Peter standing beside Jesus, and uh, we're sitting here, we're discussing with this centurion, and Jesus said, I, I've never seen so great a faith in Israel. What? <laughs> He's got more faith than me. I mean, I, I'm surprised the scripture doesn't say Peter says something stupid here, you know? I mean, as loudmouthed as he is, you know? 
I mean, but truly, Jesus looks at that centurion who is unnamed, who's not mentioned in the scripture, a man of humility, a man in, uh, per, uh, his stature is pretty well, if you will, as far as what's underneath of him. And Jesus says to that centurion, oh, there's no great faith in, no such great faith in Israel. Better that more faith in my mama. She's the one that gave birth to me, but you've got more faith than my mama. You've got more faith than the disciples. You know, and again, like I said, the question I had when I read this and when I studied this was, well, how? I, I do not know how he had more faith than everyone else. How, did, how was his faith stronger? But the result of his faith was that his, that his servant was healed and Jesus didn't have to come to the house. That was the result of his faith. You know, all, ultimately, a lot of times we want to see things in front in person. We're not going to believe it until we see it. We, we want to see what we're, what we're believing. Well, I, I well, you know, when someone gets saved, well, well, I'll believe it when I see it, you know. I'll believe it when, you know, after a couple of years they're still in church. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Isn't that how we are? Yeah. You know, that, well, let's see, let's see how it all pans out. Yeah. You know, that's the centurion. No, he, he said, okay, you don't have to come to my house. And Jesus says, okay, you have great faith in Israel. Go home. You know, your servant's, your servant's healed. Okay. Bye. Do you know what? And again, like I said, if I was Peter or the disciples, John and James and Bartholomew, those men, honestly, it'd be convicting. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He has more faith than me and I've walked with you daily. He has more faith than, than me and, and I've been with you and I've watched you walk on water and I've watched you heal the lame and I've watched you heal the sick and I've watched you do all these things and yet that man who is just, a, just an average Joe passing by with the scripture doesn't even give his name, that man has more faith than me? Wouldn't it be sad that we're closest to Jesus and we've been in church a long time and we've, we've come to church a long time and we've heard thousands of different sermons and Jesus would stand there and say, well, that they have more faith than you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's equated to the effect. But a lot of times, sadly enough, uh, those, that are, those that have been in church a long time, we seem to drift away and, and a church is not as, as fresh as it needs to be and our faith is not as, as good as it used to be and, and we're not as close as we should be and, and we've drifted away as times went by and it's, it's not as fresh to us anymore and we're not excited about it as much as anymore and, and things become home drum and, and church is just church and we come and we sing a couple songs and we go home and, and we just, it's, it's just part of our routine and I mean, we come to church just because it's routine and not because God is stirring in our heart, not because something is truly happening in our life and, and not because we want something to happen. But, you know, truly, uh, uh, <coughs> we want God to meet with us and we want God to change us and we want God to do a work in our community. It's going to take more than just the ho-hum and the drum of the regular, regular going of things. And, and when I come to church, I want to meet with God and I want God to meet with us and I want God to save our community and I want God to reach our community, but it's just going to have to be more than just the average. Yeah. All right, let's get her done. That's no, just the next thing on the calendar. You know, and, and church ought to be more than just, oh, it's Wednesday night. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. 
Mark whatever, Sunday church or Wednesday church or whatever it is. But I want more than that. I want more than that as an individual. And so as a church member, we ought to want more than that. Woo-hoo, mark it off. I've, I've been to church. I've done my good thing this week. But I feel like sometimes, not on purpose, not on purpose, but it happens just because it's routine or just because it's the next thing and we kind of lackadaisical. But this centurion who had maybe never even met Jesus before, maybe even seen him for the first time, heal the leper. Wow, what is this guy doing? And he had more faith than those who had been around him the whole two years or a year of Jesus' ministry at that point. Even more faith than mama who raised him from a baby. That's convicting. But may I say to us tonight, is I want God to increase my faith. But the Bible says, how, how can I increase my faith? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing cometh by the Word of God. I want, you want God to increase your faith? Get in the book. And then that book will strengthen your faith. I don't know how it will work. I don't know how to, honestly, I don't even know how to explain it. But that will happen. He'll strengthen our faith when we get in that book. Because he promises that faith, just like when someone gets saved, they're not going to get saved outside of the Word of God. It's not going to happen. Someone is not just randomly going to get, woohoo, I got saved. Well, how did you get saved? I don't know. I just, I just got saved. It's not just going to happen. It's going to happen as a result of the Word of God, whether it is at that moment that they heard the Word of God or whether it was the Word of God that they heard a year ago or three months ago or seven months ago or seven weeks ago or seven days ago. But truly, the Word of God is how we build our faith. And I think there's other things that we can do to help build our faith is praying and watching God answer our prayer. Do you know what that does? That builds your faith. Wow. Man, I, I, didn't, I never anticipated God doing that. Let me pray again. Let's pray again. Let's do it. But truly, honestly, like I said, I don't know how to explain how he had more faith. We can come to any conclusion. We might be able to come up with any idea. But truly, all we know is that he had more faith than Jesus had seen in all of Israel. So, what would the statement be about Trenton? Jesus said, well, no great set, no great... No greater faith than that in Mid-County Baptist Church. Would that be you? Would that be you? Are you at the top of the list? When Jesus looks down and looks at the faith of Mid-County Baptist Church or looks at the faith of Nederland, well, I'm not Nederland, so Groves or Port Arthur, right? Port Natchez, right? Florine, right? Well, wherever you're traveling around to, Bridge City, right? 
looks at us and says, hey, no, no greater faith than that in all of Israel. The whole nation of Israel, no greater faith than that man right there, the centurion. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. Lord, I pray that you've used me in spite of